All you did is just opened up and started booing. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. You're listening to Sapnin Podcast. Sapnin! Sapnin! You're listening to episode 96 of Sapnin Podcast with my absolutely fine self, Sean Smith, and my moderate to fair-looking co-host, Morgan Richards, also known in the rap community as Mo Dick. Yes, it's me, Morgan Richards, and this episode will engineer a perfect mixture of music, conversations, and gutter phenomenons. <laughs> well, do you know what? For once, for once, right? I I knew that was coming then, right? Mm. Normally, for anybody listening for the first time, every week, Morgan, to a deadline, comes up <laughs> with a pun at the start using song titles or album titles by the guest, right? Um, I hate them. For the most part, I hate them. But this week, I was thinking, what's he going to do? Because it's not a band this week. We're not interviewing a, a band, so to speak, this this week. What's he going to do? And you know what? I enjoyed them. Oh, so, um, finally, I've done one. This is 96. Episode 96. I've finally done a pun that you are proud of. And I'm, I'm over the moon Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> proud is a bit fucking far. Proud's a bit far. Reel that in. Proud's not the word, uh, but happier with it, happier with it. Yes, if you haven't read the title of this episode, and I don't know how you've managed to get this far without it, our guest this week is fan- the fantastic, lovely, one of the most enthusiastic and nicest guests we've ever had this week. Our guest is Machine the Producer. Yes. Now, if you're a regular listener to us, you would have heard about Machine the Producer countless times from a variety of musical guests a true character in our seeing world industry the lot he's regarded as such an important figure to a lot of acts of success creative process and progression a really an underground hero in the producing world and most importantly a man behind the desk to some of our favorite albums and bands sean yeah he's done some absolutely incredible bands um yeah, who's he done? Lamb of God, I've Every got, Time I Die. I've got a whole oh, list yeah, You've got here. a list! Shall, oh, we, shall I just then. list off a load of his discography? Yes, go for it. Well, he, 
he has worked with the likes of Every Time I Die, Fall Out Boy, nice. Lamb of God, Good. Gym Class Heroes, Wicked. Clutch, nice. Four Years Strong, Lovely. Cobra Starship, uh, As It Is, oh, The Amity Infliction, Rome, Preston nice. Miko, yes. Suicide Silence, Brilliant. Miss May I, Crossfit, Chiodis, Mindless Self in Dungeons, Head PE, Grayscale, White Zombie, and so many more. Pronounce MSI again? Miss May I. No, no Miss May I. Mindless what? Mindless self-indulgence. Oh, you said it right that time. But yeah, what an <laughs> unbelievable... Yeah, what an unbelievable array of bands. Um, yeah, Armour for Sleep. Uh, yeah, we missed them off. He's worked with Gerard Way, Gerard Way, mm. if you're from Wales. Um, and yeah, so yeah, we, we, we actually speak to Machine about working with Gerard Way and what that was like. And um, yeah, I just want to say a massive, massive thank you to Machine for doing this podcast genuinely when we did it it was so nice to see him and his enthusiasm for music is contagious it literally made me i was having a bit of a miserable day before we started speaking to machine but as a true professional i managed to click into it but seeing machine and his love and admiration for music got me excited and um yeah Part of me wants to one day hope Raiders could do something with uh, with Machine because I think that could be magic. Yeah. Well, th- this episode is so fun. There's some great stories. We have an amazing amount of laughs and it's just full of energy. He's such a character and you're about to hear it. But we get to know his story, how he got into being a producer, his famous barn studio in Austin, Texas. Really some different kind of methods when recording with bands that will blow you away the the difference between mixing mastering what's all that kind of bat about and just countless stories with so many bands he's worked with want to work with i mean he's just he's just got a phenomenal career and we're going to hear all about it yes the fantastic machine is this week's guest on episode 96 of sapling podcast also um we need to give a shout out to Marcy Jacobson mm-hmm. um, for hooking us up with Machine. Oh, this is a funny story. Um, a quick one. Um, Marcy messaged me saying, can I give you a number to Machine? And I was like, of course, if I can, can. That's mental. Yeah, please do. Uh, machine texts me saying, hey, it's Machine, in brackets, the producer, <laughs> right? And I didn't I didn't reply to him at, at the time because I was a little bit starstruck. I'll be honest with you. I love his work. I was just like, ooh. My first thought was, should I reply with, Oh, lucky you wrote in brackets the producer, <laughs> because I wouldn't have known of all of the machines that's constantly texting me. <laughs> but yeah, thanks very much to Machine for doing this. Um, thank you very much for trusting me with your number. I promise um, I won't sell it uh, to uh, dodgy scam people. Yeah, well, this has actually been uh, one in the making for quite a while because we have connected with Machine before. We've wanted to do it. And now this is the perfect opportunity to have a chat. Yes, uh, so as some of you might have heard on previous episodes, um, we mention our brilliant Patreon podcast community, mm-hmm. um, the SAP fam. And um, one day I was checking my emails and I checked the sapling podcast at gmail.com email. And there was an email in there from Patreon saying, You have a new Patreon. Machine is now a Patreon. And I was like, <laughs> Shh, Nah, that's not, it can't be the producer machine, is it? And then I went on it, and it was exactly him. So, unbelievable. He became a part of our Patreon, and he's um, a secret Patreon member. So, uh, thank you very much to Machine for the support. 
Yeah, see, yeah. you never know who's going to be part of our Sapnin cult community. So if you'd like to become a part of our Patreon and find out some more mad bastards that are in there, why not head over to patreon.com forward slash Sapnin, get involved with our wonderful community, more bonus content online, and become a member of the family. Please do it. Every penny goes into keeping us alive slash yes. making this podcast. True. Um, we know we know times are tough right now for people, so we um, we genuinely, genuinely, genuinely appreciate anybody who is, is part of the Patreon and um, has been part of the Patreon or is considering being part of the Patreon. But we would like you that a little bit more if you did become a Patreon. So stop being a bastard. Yes, we, we would. We would very much appreciate it. And we're fast approaching our 100th episodes. And we've got some very secret celebrations behind the scenes going on around that time as well. That you'll find out and might even get more things being a part of that Patreon. But as well, please remember to go and give us a follow on our social media pages at Pod. At S-A-P-P-E-N-I-N-P-O-D. That's at S-A-P-P-E-N-I-N-P-O-D. Go and like everything, retweet our stuff, share it, put it in your Instagram stories and send us a message. Are you enjoying the podcast? Who would you like to hear on future episodes? And all that malarkey. But while you're messaging us, um, I've noticed lately we've talked a lot about your band Raiders, Sean, because you've been non-stop at it there's loads of things going on you've got a new track out a new video you've recorded a secret cover but this week you've been announced that you'll be performing at 2000 trees festival 2021 yes yes we have um thank you very much to the people of 2000 trees for having raiders again this year um by now i believe the cover that we did is out i don't know whether you know but uh about Two weeks ago, 2000 Trees got in touch with Raiders and said, could you do a cover? I thought the answer was going to be no, but apparently, according to everybody else in my band, the answer was yes. So we've knocked <laughs> up a thrice cover in a week and we shot a video in my friend Scott and Sophie's garage, mainly Sophie's garage. Um, so yeah, check that out. And um, yeah, just check out Ad Raiders Band UK. Anyway, stop talking about me. Let's talk about fucking machine. Let's get fucking, let's get into this shit. Tidy, this is the wonderful machine. You're going to be gasped at some of his stories. Gasped? Is that a... I'm sticking with it. Adjective or whatever the right uh, word maybe. is. Maybe. Who knows? I don't know. What the, I've I... created a new one. That's how, that's oh. how good this episode is. Sure. Let's get on with it. Let's go on with it. Sat me in. <laughs> You're not getting away with that, you fucking prick. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you are. Yours machine. He's fucking brilliant. I love him. Sat me in. Sat me in. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. 
and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Sapnin! 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 Yes! Yes! Can't believe it. Yes! I got this to week's... say it! I got to say this! Dude, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, this week's guest is um, the fantastic producer, um, musician, and all round top chap, Machine. Yes! Machine, hey. how are you? I'm good, dudes. Thank you for having me on the coolest podcast. Oh, one of the. Thank you very much. With so many of my favorite bands. I feel just so connected already. Yeah. <laughs> well, we've got, before we start, we have to mention, I think you have been talked about on this podcast probably yeah. more than the majority of people ever, more than us in many ways, by some of the guests <laughs> we've had on in the past. That's right. like four years strong, Amity Infliction, as it is, I mean... Count, countless. Yeah. So uh, I was just running. I was just running this morning. I was like, I better do my research. I said, I just, I didn't even know Rome was on your, and Rome was <laughs> yeah. one, as well. And you guys were. That was funny talking about all the spiders in Texas and whatnot. <laughs> yeah, there's and there's more too. I don't even know. Yeah, there's. I, I meant to go through it. I meant to go through it all. You have so many episodes now. I believe. Uh, is this your hundredth episode, guys? With me? No, no, not yet. No, no it doesn't seem right. so. Oh, Sorry. bummer. Loser oh, machine. No, I couldn't be yeah, the hundredth no, guy. Oh darn. <laughs> I knew it. Oh. Yeah, well, sorry, oh, but be... part, part of me is holding out for Fred Durst. <laughs> There's a little bit of me that is open that somehow I've DM'd oh, dude. him. It's, he's, he's seen it, but he hasn't replied. But the part of me is just holding out for Fred Durst for episode one hundred. How how sick would that be? The comeback. The comeback of Fred Durst. You, you were there, right? You're not that. You're not that young. You guys were no, there I'm, for the the takeover of Limp Biscuit. Well, yeah, they're, they're the reason I got into rock. Because yeah, like I was into like um, indie, there's like an indie band from South Wales called Stereophonics, and um, yeah. yeah, I was like, I, I was into that. them. And then I saw Fred Durst swearing 48 times on Hot Dog, and I was like, oh, you can swear and shout. That's two things I can do. Yes. <laughs> So like he literally became my hero, and then like yeah, in two thousand twelve, in two thousand twelve, my band, my old band, The Blackout, got to support them, and I ended up oh wow singing, singing with them, yeah. So oh, this video so on YouTube, cool, Sean. yeah, sixteen year old me is like literally jizzing that in his pants. Must have been insane. Yeah, he was really like the dawn of the record industry for a while there. He sort of like came in and took the sort of hip-hop business mm. angle, you know, like for the rock scene, you know. Um, he was just a dominating force. And that was in the days I was, you know, I was a rap rock producer in those days, you know. Yeah. Head, Head P.E., do you remember that band? Yeah. Oh, yeah. they had a song called Blackout. Um, <laughs> actually, right, check, this is a story about Head P. Um, the Blackout got offered our first, like, proper tour with a band called Fight Star um, in the U.K., and we literally 
turned down one date in Edinburgh because we got offered to support Head PE in Cardiff. Nice. And we were like, yes, I love new metal. I have to support Head PE at some point. And we turned up and, yeah, we played to about seven people. That's and, it? Um, oh. Yeah, and the guitarist... Well, he hated us. He absolutely because we had two guitars either side. He made us put both guitars on the one side because his was over there. I wonder so, if that yeah. was Wes. That might have been Wes. See, the Wes or know. Chad. But, but yeah, yeah, how was um? Yeah, how was recording with like Head P? Oh, that was. I mean, I'm not. I have to be careful what I say about bands. <laughs> a lot of personal things I could say. Yeah, they were fucking crazy. I mean, straight up bona fide nuts. Um. And, you know, I seem to record, I seem to produce a lot of bands often in their most crazy times. The Lamb of God with the, you know, probably the, the peak of their alcohol, alcoholism, uh, which now they're all straight. Um, and uh, whew, head PE, bro. That was pure insanity. Uh, not, not short of making great records, but by the second record. So I did Broke and Blackout. Blackout was the second one. By then, things were just going crazy. Um, yes, having sex with each other's girlfriends and <laughs> too many drugs. Uh, I remember Wednesdays, the band therapist would come into the live room. <laughs> what? <laughs> to wow. try. Dude, listen, it's hilarious, but you know, when you're a big band, I mean, they're a big band at the time. When you're a big band, you know, there's a lot, there's a lot of people invested in a band, you know? It's like, you see these Metallica videos where it's like, what mm. the fuck? But it's like, think about it as a corporation, right? Think about how many people are involved in a band at that level. You have touring people, manager people, label people. So it's like, like any corporation or business, there's an in incentive to keeping things together. So, so uh, yeah, I mean, it was just getting insanely crazy i i broke up a fist fight in pre-production wow between wow. the singer and i believe west the guitar player who's probably the one that told you to move your guitar your amps over to one side <laughs> um yeah it was fucking nuts it was fucking nuts wow wow but, incredible i mean yeah this sounds like this there's, there's so many stories and there's so much things we want to talk about with you that we're gonna dissect it and, and get into but just to start how how are things with you lately i know you've been traveling quite a lot even mm, though yeah. in, in this weird time trying to work with artists um you just got back from working with preston miko on their new album in a castle somewhere yeah dude well crazy so of course they were supposed to come to the barn studio in austin texas right i mean that's kind of what the deal is everyone wants to come to right and that's the norm these days you know producers have their own studios and it was you know it's a COVID thing um at first it seemed like when COVID first hit right it was like way worse and the big cities new york was really bad england was really bad london was really bad so for sure it was like yeah you know we had to wait it, till things calmed down and for sure they were just going to come here and i said and then it kind of changed around <laughs> texas got kind of cocky and uh <laughs> they got, as they do you know with their guns and <laughs> <laughs> and their freedoms <laughs> which we love but yeah and then it just got yeah. then it just got really bad in texas and then technically they their government they couldn't travel to texas so i was and i was saying all this time prior i was like you know i'm never gonna 
to have to travel to England. I was just saying cocky, like, yeah, guys, you know, hey, <laughs> I'll come out there and we'll just do a D D DIY no matter what if you can't come in here. And, and it turns out, like, they couldn't come in. But for some reason, of all the countries that were banned from coming into England, the U.S., probably the worst country for COVID right now, can still go into England. So I was yep. like, okay, machine, we're, we got this buddy who owns this castle in, in the Cotswolds, right? We're doing this. We did it with, we did it with minimal gear and incredible atmosphere, and it came out fucking insane. I'm, mix, I'm starting to mix it right now. Um, it was no short of creativity and cool vibe and... Wow, incredible. I am so excited for this record for you guys nice. to hear it. Yeah. Yeah, it me out. and um me and Morgan got to speak to them for um 2000 Trees Festival this summer for like an interview thing before they like played yeah. live or whatever and they are such lovely lovely chaps so Tell me about like it. Yeah, I want to do a full a full mm. episode with them soon. So yeah, uh, when they're like closer to the record obviously coming out, you know, for sure. <laughs> yeah, are you um was that your first time recording in a castle? I've recorded in Metropolis Studios in London. It's kind of castle-like, right? Back in the day when you would, when there was ridiculous money in the record industry and you would just throw away billions of dollars on studios and that was what you yeah. did. Yeah, right? we wasted quite a bit of money in Air Studios in London. Yeah, um, I've heard of that. I don't think I've worked yeah. there, but I've heard of that. Yeah, we pissed a lot of money away there um, trying to be Oasis 2 because um, we knew Oasis had been there. So we were like, oh yeah, let's go there then. So Sean, when you when you were making records for Blackout, was it in that time period where, you know, the the model for the record industry, the record companies were just spend lots of money on making a record, right? Was it that time period where you had to just go broke? No, I think we we came just at the end of that. I think I think like we were just like we were too late for that, but we were like just on the cusp of like the internet helping. So like we did well out of like MySpace and stuff like that. Okay. But then, yeah, for over a year, for like money spending on records as well, it was, it was kind of just gone. So, but we, I was was always like, oh, okay, we got a we got a friend who knows somebody at A. So we were like, okay, oh, yeah, let's do whatever. And then, so yeah, we ended up recording there, which was cool, massive, ridiculous studio that we didn't need to do it in. And, <laughs> totally. Um, <laughs> yeah, apparently, um, George Michael was upstairs in the studio all the time, just smoking weed. What? And I was oh like, yeah. Well, if I, yeah. If I'd known that now. I'd have been oh, up you were there. just rushed up there. Yeah. yeah, imagine having George Michael on a blackout record. That's the last thing anybody would have expected. No, Sorry, but it would have been how awesome. Have you, have you never mentioned this story before? <laughs> I know. How, have you, how is this the first time? Where... <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Um, yeah, when the guitar, one of the guitarists of the blackout spent the whole recording session, when he wasn't recording guitar, sitting outside, waiting <laughs> to see George Michael walk in or out. And he never saw him. Oh. Never saw him. He was there, though. So we never saw him. <laughs> I say, and um, yeah, just, I'll finish this off, and then we can carry on. Like, there's another another funny element of the story is, um, yeah, not long before we went to record in Air Studios, George Michael was um, intoxicated allegedly. Allegedly, night. yeah, I got to get that in for our lawyer's sake. And then um, he crashed into a, a local shop, right? Uh... So we went we, we went to go see the local shop he crashed into, and the dent in the shop, some genius had written. Wham! <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, that makes so much sense. It's like, but, yeah, <laughs> That's um, just like the old Batman. Wham! Bam! Splash! <laughs> yeah. 
yeah, so yeah, what what's um talking of weird places you've recorded, what um yeah, where 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 do you think the weirdest replace, uh, place you have recorded something is? Well, I mean, there's so many things to think of, man. I mean, one that's infamous is and I think it's totally weird, is Rockfield, which is this famous studio in Wales. Queen recorded there. It was crazy. I just saw, we like watching Bohemian Rhapsody. I was like, oh my God, they actually took certain shots from the actual studio. That was cool. It's like watch with my kids and go, oh, I was there. Um, that was fucking weird though. Cause like, you're just out on this. I don't see why that studio has all this history. Why the fuck do people want to go out to a muddy farm, miserable muddy farm. And then, you know, so these residential studios have these, uh, you know, you stay there and there's n no place to get out and do anything. And then there's a chef um, and it's a really bad, it's like, you know, it's like at the time where, you know, food isn't really looked upon as like a, a big thing. So it's like horrible chef. And then you start to arguing about what the horrible, what horrible meal the horrible chef's going to make. <laughs> and as the weeks go by, it just gets weirder and weirder being isolated there. That was kind of nuts. I've been in all kinds of pre-production is um, always interesting because um, such an incredible, important part of making a record. But pre-production is basically free. You know, it's like you just get into a rehearsal room. I always like to bring a little recording gear to document ideas, but it's like you're not going to pay for a studio for that. So it's just random places, like random shitty rehearsal rooms. I've been in leaky basements and um, just all sorts of kooky places that you wouldn't yeah. expect you know wherever yeah well um yeah how did you i guess we we should really we should really ask how you how you kind of got into producing i suppose really yeah and then like how do how do you end up working with working with certain bands as well well it is very you know it's kind of very organic you know i think it would be the same thing i don't think you sign up or a apply for a job for record producer it's a it's a, a lifestyle job as it is for being in a band you know you don't just say i'm going to be in a band and get a big tour right you have to build it so it's like i grew up uh i grew up in playing in bands um as we all did and uh it just circ you know trying hard in circumstance kind of uh, organically found found me into being a producer i was my band in high school was like we were a cover band but we would do like heavy versions of like the funky or hip-hop songs like we would do like doing the butt <laughs> and all sorts of like funky hip-hop inspired danceable things that we could make rock out of that's what our thing was and um this was oh my god this was maybe 10 years prior to rap rock right then naturally so i was a guitar player in this band right eddie van halen was the coolest thing um so then when i first started getting into music i could just get started i just had a uh, an atari computer and a sampler um and i was also really into hip-hop stuff right i was a guitar player but i was really into hip-hop stuff again now eight years prior to rap rock who knows what and so the first thing I started experimenting with was just making beats, hip hop beats, and putting guitar stuff to it all long before this. And I just knew like this felt really cool. I could play my Eddie Van Halen riffs to like Kiss FM, which was like the, the R&B rap station in New York. I was like, this is so fun. I went to Teaneck High School, which was a very mixed high school as far as, you know, urban, black, black culture and 
white guys, <laughs> right? <laughs> um, and like I went to, if you know, um, Das Effects uh, was a popular rap group in the 90s. I went to high school with those guys, for example. So I kind of buddied up with some uh, King Sun, Demoet, some hip hop guys, and as buddies, and we were just, I was just fascinated in making beats with them. So this naturally start when I started. Uh, this naturally became the way my music started to develop. It was like hip-hop-minded beats and rock guitars. And it would be rapping or singing. Again, rap rock didn't exist yet. It was just hints of it. And I was way on this tip. Loved, loving it, having so much fun. It was my hobby. It was my thing. It's how I wrote music. And it was a difficult, difficult skill. Because if you're in a studio and you had tape, it's like there wasn't automatic loops. There wasn't Ableton Live where you just drop in and loops morph. It was like a tricky thing to do. You had tape. You had to put sync on the tape, slave a sequencer, time up beats and loops. And it was, an, it was a tricky thing to do. Not a lot of people could do it. And it was just what me and my buddy Clinton and some of the other hip-hop guys that we were into. And we had the minimal gear to do it. So um, when I started making my music, I would try to, you know, do like the first demo tape and I'm going to play for record companies, this and that, right? This was the day where you could actually, if you tried harsh, you could get a meeting with a record company guy or just show them a demo tape, right? And they would look at this and go, this is really dope. This is cool. Um, there's really no place for this. Uh, but would you remix, will you apply this to one of our artists and remix our artists? I was like, sure. Um, and one of those was White Zombie. Where, nice. and, and I was like, I was like, yeah. Um, and so I started, oh, also uh, Galliano. Remember Galliano in England? They were another one. This acid jazz scene. Oh, I don't know. This is definitely before your time now. So naturally, I just started having these relationships. I think if this was happening today, you maybe you would call me a DJ, right? Because okay. DJs now are like, the creative DJs now are like a really amazing producer skrillex type people they're you know they're they're guys that make music as well not just guys that spin records um but you wouldn't call me a dj then i was just like a remix kid or whatever tracks kid um and then i had no intention of being a record producer whatsoever and then i was doing these remixes and um i had a friend who is managing uh kind of playing manager of my band back in the day he was an english guy and uh shout outs to paul adams thank you paul and then he eventually was working at a, a small producer management firm and I, at this point i was also now at my buddy's clinton studio recording small bands you know and hip-hop stuff both um so something came in it was uh it was a band that incorporated tons of loops like a beck type thing right um and it came into this proper producer management firm and they didn't really have anyone that suited for doing this and paul's like yo there's this kid in new jersey machine he would kill this you should give him a chance um and it was the first signing to v2 records no second signing 
Stereophonics was the first signing, and and this was a band called the Kings of Infinite Space, and uh, they were just it was just a kid in his four track that wrote great songs. There wasn't a band yet, but it was like like Beck. It was like lots of loops and yeah. beats and guitars and kooky white boy funky shit, <laughs> right? <laughs> so and they were like this kid. Paul was like this kid machine would kill this. You should give him a chance. And I'd already done a few remixes that were kind of known. I mean, the White Zombie stuff was like double platinum i think at the time which was nuts right as a remix which is nuts so they flew them out we did three tracks loved it all of a sudden i was a major label producer they asked me to do the record (laughs) i flew out to england next record pitch shifter next record comes who the fuck is putting drum and bass beats over punk rock guitars well there's this one (laughs) remix for White Zombie, oh, wow. and they're like, and they're signed to Geffen at this moment. Like, well, who did that? We're like, oh, this machine guy. They're like, well, okay. And the second record, Pitch Shifter, bam. Now that was that didn't blow up that record, but if you were in the industry then, that was hot as shit. That yeah, was like one yeah. of those records where everyone had to stop for a minute and check out that record. It was like a super buzzy in the industry. And that was, it's funny because I'm always like chasing that dream of having such a cutting edge record like that again, you know? <laughs> it's so hard. Yeah, well, that's that's insane to see like how far your career kind of evolved into that stage to get to get into it but if we can take a step back really i mean we've had loads of producers on the podcast before where they've they've digged into records they've made or bands they've been a part of as well on the side but no one's really explained a real role their role as a as a producer i mean how would you actually describe the work you do how would how would you explain it to the average music fan because i think a lot lately Bands are talking more about their producers and who they've worked with, but I don't really think it's being explained that well to an audience. Okay, that's a really, really good question, man. And bands need to know this shit. Um, let's start by saying the the role, the word producer is very gray. It's a very gray area, especially when it comes to heavier bands, because. You know, it means a lot. It can mean a lot of different things. It's like there are a lot of, I don't want to put anyone down, but there's a lot of um, producers in heavy music that are really just great engineers. And they're not, they're not creative. They're not as creative people or visionary people. People come into this in all different kinds of ways. A lot of times, uh, you know, pe- someone was, uh, you know, had a strong role in a successful band and now they're they're producing. So they're very guitar minded, let's say, if they were a big guitar player or a drummer or whatever. It's really, you hear all kinds of things. So bands really need to do their research and they should really spend time tr- figuring out a way to hang out and talk to their producer, potential producers and learn. Now I have, now there's the disclaimer, right? Now I have... I could give you an explanation of what I think a record producer is, right? The way I the way I approach it. I I am a musician, but I don't like to ever pick up a instrument on a record. I'm I'm very musical, but I don't feel that's my role. I and a lot, there's other producers that do. They get they get frustrated and 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 bored and aggravated, and they they. You even hear stories of producers like fixing guitar parts behind the scenes or saying, just let me play this. That's the last thing I'll do. I'm, I, as a record producer, I like to envision myself as what a movie director is. 
right? There's a script and there's actors, right? So the band are writing the script or most of the script, the story, which is the music, and the, the celebrities and actors as well, like, like the actors. And I'm the director, where it's, I'm sort of looking at how to sell that story the best way, looking at how to connect that story and those actors to their audience, bringing out the best performances in them, improving upon that story, i.e. the songwriting, as much as possible, and really just connecting the dots um, on making that turning that into, I hate to say the word product, but turn that into a piece of artwork slash product that is going to connect with who it's supposed to connect with. It's a lot of sociology, music sociology, thinking of groups of people and what they're into and emotionally and why. And yeah, yeah, that's the way I look at it. Okay, nice. And that's why, I think that's why I'm kind of successful. <laughs> I mean, I do I do that well, you know. I do that well. You just had four four year strong on and uh that kind of came up. They were kind of saying he's very emotional, he's very this, it's like, but I remember four year strong once telling me back in the day, they go, "In some ways we think you know our band better than we know our band." <laughs> Cuz I mean, I chased them down so hard back in the day because I had the code. I had the secret for them. I knew it. I saw them like, right. They're bearded, tattooed guys. <laughs> They're kind of, they like roll with these multiple tribes. They're like down with the metal kids, yeah. down with the heavier stuff. But really it's disguised poppier music. It's like, it's got metalisms. I'm like this, I got it. I'm like, all we have to do is like bring out, you know, like dress it up as metal as fuck, but like, you know, keep it major and keep it as big and poppy as possible. And, and these guys, these guys will just connect to be like sorority girls favorites. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was, I was going to bring that up because, you know, as you said, Dan from four year strong mentioned the fact that you're not the type of producer who will say, Oh, you know, this needs to be in C major or, and you should add this part and whatever you're more, you, you create an atmosphere that makes them do something a little different or direct them in, in a way to get the best out of themselves. That's absolutely right. Yeah. And if I knew it was supposed to be in C major, I wouldn't <laughs> say it. I would make them figure it out. I would create an atmosphere where I felt this part feels uncomfortable. And I would create an atmosphere for them to figure it out and it be theirs. And that's how it, that's how they'll believe in it. And that's how they'll be pumped on it. And that's also how it will translate to success. I feel nice. Yeah. I was watching, um, I was watching a video of you recording vocals with Randy from Lamb of God. <laughs> and, um, yeah, you oh, made yeah. him go for a run before coming in for a take <laughs> and just, he was knackered. Yeah. And um, that was, um, that was like method, like in method acting, there's like method producing, right? It was like, that was uh, the end of the song, Walk With Me In Hell. Yeah. And so it's, he's supposed to be completely, if you're listening to the lyrics, he's supposed to be like completely beat up and destroyed. So I was like, I want you to just destroy yourself before this, before this ending screams. And he was like, what the fuck? And, you know, just, he wasn't in very good shape, I have to say. <laughs> 
but it's a horrible video because he's running in right and I'm like he's like sweating and out of breath and I'm, I keep pushing the mic back in his face he's like trying to do it and he's like pulling the mic and I'm like shoving the thing back in his face and people are like damn machine you're like kind of crazy dude <laughs> <laughs> but, but with that I mean what what's the, some of the weirdest methods you've used to try and get like a, a special sound or something out of a band like that or you've seen other people using and you've gone, surely that doesn't work, does it? Or anything no, like I mean, that? It's more acting stuff, like method acting. I, I'll get people into a mood okay. to get what they want, to get good things out of them. And, you know, they're in on it. It's not like they love me for it, you know. it's And it doesn't work for everybody, by the way. It's like you got to kind of feel it out. You know, some people don't take to that very well, but most people do. So I love creating atmospheres for bands to record in. I mean, how cool is that, right? How fun is that? And amazing inspirational is that as the artist? And there's so many there's so many things I could think of where I tried to do that. You know, there's this one for Blue Water Highway where there's a smoky bluesy song and I, I literally set up outside the barn, created a huge bonfire and made him sing in front like as like the beginning of the take to then take, he was starting to burn. Like it was literally like it was like he had to feel the heat of this fire. It had to do with the lyrics. And I was pumping the instrumental into the valley down by my barn and put mics 100 feet down there and captured the valley. Got a few people to witness it, filmed it. That's just one thing. Um, Mitch, uh, Mitch, there's video on this too. Mitch from Suicide Silence. Remember Mitch? Mm, yeah. Poor guy, rest in peace. He, he would tell me that when he would scream, he really, just from the way he would stand on stage or he would like arch, arc his body over. And that's how he was comfortable screaming and singing, like arched over. Like, And I'm like, well, what is it? He's like, well, I'm used to putting my foot up on the monitor and this is how I feel. So I built this chamber for him to sing into. I made these low walls and this thing he could put his foot up on. And I put the mic down, you know, sort of, you know, like just three feet off the floor pointing up. So Mitch would lean over and just use his hands, a cup around the mic to scream, lean over, hunch and voice and, and voice the microphone. And that's how all those vocals were done. Awesome. And wow. he was just in his zone. Um, it was very, very creative, very, and it wasn't too hard to do. Yeah, that's that's awesome. That, I think that's the thing. See, I think a lot of people see producers and they think, oh, you know, that you. I guess people think of them as like glorified engineers, then. and I think a lot of people, um, like 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 you said, producers like yourself are, yeah, just bring out the best and just make make records so much better. Like when I've worked with record producers in the past, like um, I worked with Jason Perry. Um, he used to be in a band called A. Well, he's still in a band called A, and um, yeah, he's done a bunch of uh, bunch of different records and. That was the first time I kind of saw a producer where he was like, he became like part of the band and um, it, yeah, it was more of a feeling than an engineer. We just need to get this done. It was all about just mood and where it took us and, you know, we only need to perform for an hour of, of the day and then we can just hang out or whatever. And yeah, I think a lot of people, a lot of people listening to this will, yeah, will not understand the difference really, but I think. And let me just say, um, as a disclaimer, you know, I'm an engineer. Of course, I'm an engineer, too. 
And we could have this nerdy conversation about engineering all day, but I really don't feel that's my actual value. I mean, I feel like you could put a price tag on engineering. There's a lot of good engineers, uh, but it's the it's everything else you do uh, to bring out the unique strengths in the band, see the vision of it. That's like what I feel that's the real value in a record producer. There's a lot of great engineers and I'm not one of the best engineers, you know, I'm good. <laughs> and I love it. I love it as well. But, uh, yeah, I don't think it's my value really my big value as a record producer. But with that, do you feel like you get a bit more emotionally involved with the artists you work and that you doing these these extra things like what you mentioned with Mitch creating a whole chamber for him to just get that focal part down that you want to do your best to try and get the best of the band it's not just okay yeah cool record you want to go out your way to get the the best possible thing because you're, you're that little bit more emotionally involved Look, I just believe that it's a really part of a formula for success. And like all of us, I wanted I wanted to do well. I want the bands to do well first and foremost, and I want to do well. <laughs> and I'm only sitting here and talking to you today because I've been able to figure, crack enough codes to figure this out, to do this long enough to still be here. You know, I think of it that way. It's like, I do believe that it, tra it translates into the final result of connecting with people that's why yeah i wouldn't do it otherwise you know awesome. yeah and and thinking from a kind of average music fans viewpoint um one thing i've noticed a lot lately is that you'll have some bands that go to a producer to do a record but it'll be completely like mixed or mastered or something like that from from a different person or even mm -hmm. multiple people like that can you kind of share some insight on maybe why those kind of things happen how it comes about i mean because i i just imagine many many people can see that on the list and go well why how is it like why is it being sent off to yeah. this person now? I well, not not every producer engineer is a is a great mixer, and okay. some are. Like some are, you know, they're known for their they're they're known for doing both. So I I I do mix pretty much everything I produce. Um, I'm also one of the guys that you'll hire. You could you could hire to mix a record that um, I didn't produce. I do that. I probably do that. I probably mix. Two out of three jobs, I'm probably just mixed jobs now for me. Um, and I'm, as, as older I get, I'm pickier and pickier about the bands that I produce. Um, but, but it doesn't, you know, there's a couple reasons. One, uh, back in the day more so, labels were more creatively involved on picking producers and mixers. And, it, it, you know, they're, they're often with certain, some labels and A&R and guys have a theory that... Um, it can be a better perspective, uh, having new ears for mixing. Uh, you know, as as the money and the fame goes up, all sorts of interesting, weird things come into play. So there's very often a case where when there's a lot of money, you're going to go for the sh a shit-hot producer, engineer, recording, and the, the shit-hot flavor-of-the-moment mixer. That's super common. It really runs the gamut. Um, and there are there are many scenarios for rock bands where it just makes sense having the all-in guy. They're just going to mix master the whole thing. Once in a while, you have a scenario where once in a while, you know, you, you hire a producer to to record and mix, and it gets the mix time, and you think the band, the band or the management or the A and R think, you know, 
he's not really connecting the dots on the mixes. We're going to, if we have the money, we're going to try to go mix with someone else and get a new perspective. And I don't blame anyone for, for wanting to do that. Um, whatever, there's no formula or, or, or answer or, or necessarily even a right or wrong. It really depends on the, 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 the project and the people you work with. Um, but yeah, I mean, in regards to the guy you're interviewing today, that's me, <laughs> the mechanical wonder boy. <laughs> no, um, no. <laughs> I, uh, I do mix. Yeah. I do mix pretty much e almost everything that I, I produce, you know, because people want that because I, I have, I do some good mixes sometimes. <laughs> um, yeah. One of the things I wanted to mention is, um, yeah, you produced uh, one of my favorite albums, um, Gutter Phenomenon, by, uh, by, the, by the Every Time I Dies. Um, <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, just they to go so from cool, Hot Damn, I think, yeah, you took a band who was um, kind of in the metal core scene, I guess, and then made them, a, well, you made them viable to more Thank people, you. I guess. Thanks, man. Loved working with those guys. Loved them. Yeah. How did that come about? How did... Um... Um, well, I think it was shortly after the first Lamb of God record. I think I was... Happened to wind up being the flavor of the month for heavy... For, for the flavor of the moment for heavy music. Ironically, I don't know how, but that did happen. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't sign up to be a metal producer. It just happened. Yeah, honestly, I'm not, I'm not joking. I didn't grow up listening to metal. It just friggin' happened. You know, it just organically happened. It started with Lamb of God, admitting to Lamb of God that I'm really not the metal guy and saying to Lamb of God all the problems I had at the time with metal. <laughs> That's how oh, wow. I got the Lamb of God record. I was like, I was like, hi guys, what the fuck's up with metal? Like modern metal. I'm like, why do drums sound like drum machines? Why are guitars so scooped? Why does no one give a shit about bass guitar or even recording vocals? Like, what the fuck? And they were like, oh, you got the job. Nice. And. And we made an interesting record. And so, yeah, so, and Carl Ferret, sorry, Carl Silverstein, Silverstein, uh, which I call Carl, Carl Ferret because he was doing Ferret Records at the time, my buddy Carl. He was, uh, he was awesome industry dude, always had my back. He was a big part of getting me, uh, and Paul Conroy, I have to mention too, they were a big part of getting me the Lamb of God. They were also involved with, very involved with Every Time I Die, and they um, said, you've got to do this Every Time I Die record. And my manager at the time, so it was like, you're going to love these guys, like you love System of a Down, they're kind of kooky, but rad, and, and he goes, give them a chance, you're going to really like them. And the first time, and they were, that just turned out to be one of the most insane, funnest, craziest records to make. The first time I met with them, first I was just going to meet with them to, to feel it out. So we went to a studio in Hoboken, New Jersey, just to like record some demos to feel it out, how we were going to be, right? So they show up. The first thing they do is they make me steal. They go across the street to like one of these, one of these um, 
huge supermarkets that kind of have like this deli, you know, where like there's like an open deli and you can pick what you want and you can weigh it. So they're like, yeah, we do this all the time machine. We go on tour. We just, you know, we just like fill up and then we run out. We steal. I'm like, I can't do that. <laughs> I live in this town. I'm an, I'm older than, I mean, I, I can't like, you have to do it machine. You have, this is what you do. You, you, you have to, you have to. I'm like, I'm really uncomfortable with this guys. I'm like, <laughs> so, and then, we went into the studio and they had literally one song. I'm like, you're joking, right? They're like, no, no, we just have one song for real. I'm like, okay. So we recorded that one song. And um, anyway, we connected and later they came back, certainly with many more songs uh, there and ready to make this record. But it was just nonstop hilarious. Probably the funniest band I've ever worked with, honestly. I, we had the... Um, we had the fart mic in that session, which is too bad I don't have those tapes. We had, um, well, first of all, it started like this. We They got this hot dog toaster, which is like, looks like a regular toaster, but it, it has these compartments where it perfectly fits these two hot dogs and, and perfectly warms these buns. It looks like a toaster. And then they, they go to like, Costco. I don't, do you have Costco? Or like, yeah, um, we know, yeah, we got it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And they, they, they come back with like a package of like 250 hot dogs <laughs> and, and all they're doing is making hot dogs in the studio nonstop. Like for months after they were gone, the studio just smelled like hot dogs. Oh. Um, <laughs> we set up this, we set up this, uh, a microphone on a, a small platform of cinder blocks connected to at the time was a DAT player with a mic ready at ass height ready to go into record at any moment so no matter what we were doing at any moment anyone who had a fart could run up to the fart mic <laughs> announce their name and fart and the reason it was so the reason it was so funny when you strung it all together is because of Andy because Andy had all the farts like it would be like when you, when you play it back it would be like Andy pfft, Andy pfft, Andy, Jordan, Andy, Rat Boy, Andy, Andy, nonstop Andy. No one could get a fart in beside him. It's uh, fucking amazing. Uh, did, yeah, did the fart, any of the farts make the record secretly mixed in? <laughs> no, but we had a tiger, a roaring tiger on the record oh, that yeah, made it. Yeah, that yeah. was the um, yeah beginner killer music. Is it? Mm-hmm. Uh, Jared, Jared Way's on that song as well, I believe. Is that the song he's on? Is that that one? Is that the one he's on? I have to, I have to check back. But yeah, I got to, I got to rock with Daryl Palumbo on that record from Glass well, Jaw, yes. Head Automatica. Yeah. And and Jared from uh, My Chemical Romance, which yeah, is super that, cool. Yeah. How did those um, work out? Did you like? Did oh, those were great. Did, did they come guests. in to do it, or did they do yeah. it? Yeah, they nice. both did. And uh, it was really cool working with both of those guys. Honestly, especially Daryl, because I'm just a huge fan, such a huge fan of his and his he's voice. He, yeah, he's literally you know? my favorite uh, yeah. man of all time ever. Um, I yeah, dude, kind I also, of me too. Uh, funnily enough, I also messaged him the other day and um, <laughs> asked, him, asked him to come on the podcast, but I haven't heard back as well. That would so. be great. Another one of my favorite front men you, you pat on your podcast would be Jason from 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 let live yeah. or you know fever three 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 you can't talk about one without the other <laughs> yeah like these are like these are just the very special special it boys it factor men of yeah. our time right like mm. 
they're just there's something supernatural about these guys that and it's so cool to get to know them be buddies with them and get to work with them however i have you know in the little way in the tiny little ways i have yeah how did um yeah how did the um guesting on the songs with every time i die worked like did you know before going in that jared way was going to do it or was it like oh we could ask jared he's in town or it was them that they were putting it together not me um so i'm not sure but they did come they came into the studio we were in that's when we were in weehawken um right outside the lincoln right outside the lincoln tunnel i was where the machine shop was for like the initial 12 years of my career yeah they just came in and uh you know the tracks were already kind of ready to go at that point and i'm sure they had heard the parts uh they were like really quick and everything went really well you know it was just a good good vibes all around and just cool to you know everyone was so pumped to get the, get those guys on that record oh i bet you know? yeah yeah that would be my dream to have a Darryl plumbo uh guest spot on a song oh please one day one day yeah so that i mean that's a that every time i die record is a really special it's a really special one for me i don't see talk about like you know producing versus engineering like i have to say like to this day i'm not particularly chuffed with the guitar tones on that record i would love to be the first to admit it's like some people say oh no they're rad and they're kind of they're different but it's like you know it's like it was early. It was like a long time ago in my career, and the band were super into these these Marshall JCM eight hundreds that they have, and I think none of them were particularly good at the time. <laughs> but it's like it was like a high school thing, you know, like like you know, I've got to use my guitar. It's great because it's my guitar, right? You know, yeah, when you get okay, your first okay. guitar. Um, Kind of, it's like some of the tones on that record it's it sounds raw and badass you know that's what comes across and that's why it's that's why it connects with people but like you know on the engineering side it's like i'd love to you know i'd love to redo some of that but that's the way it goes you know but what came out song wise emotionally um that was a big step up for the band it really connected it, it uh you know that record was a big launch point for the band well yeah i think well to go on to listen to any record since i think you can you can hear influence from get the phenomenon mm-hmm. through everything they've done since so um that's right mach- machine wins <laughs> um, but yeah who was um sorry to have to ask and you don't have to say names i suppose but you could tell us why um who's has there been anyone really difficult to work with yeah <laughs> but not normally that's not the norm because you kind of meet bands before you know there's like that feeling out process but yeah i've had some i've had some insane motherfuckers i've had to deal with man you know there's like drug addiction and psychological issues and you know it's like it's a kooky culture of people now i just want to say that's the norm it's not but i've been doing this long enough um that i've run into some crazy shit man and you really have to that's you know that's part of your job too you have to be a good diplomat and a good therapist sometimes um a good coach good mediator but uh it doesn't stop me from getting the best out of someone or whatever i could tell you some things if you want some entertainment without naming names but you know i've bailed people out of jail i've wow i've taken people out of i've nearly revived people from where i thought they were going to die i've 
I've broken up fights. I've... I just think of all the alcoholism. It's fucking scary. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean... That's yeah, nuts. I've dealt with a lot of That's, crazy yeah. shit. And yeah, people just don't expect it. Like, don't think, you know, they never think that you're going through all this. Like, a lot of people who listen to this who are, like, not in bands or whatever, you know, they expect, like, the recording process to be, well, you're in and out in a day. <laughs> or, <laughs> do you know what I mean? And yeah, they well, don't expect yeah. all these crazy shit that goes on as well. Yeah, sure. And the, the larger, you know, the larger the budget, the larger the band gets, the, the more it can set a platform for some cr- crazy shit. Because it's like, there's all this stuff expected on the band. Now there's money. These are horrible formulas. Like, nervousness about expectation. Add money. Add the access to chemicals and drugs, right? Which helps and hurts things. Like, the bigger a band get, the more expectation of the band, the weirder it can be, you know? It's like, I feel bad sometimes for bands that are put, that are, I really do. I mean, it's from a fan perspective, or, a, or, or let's say a band who's struggling, like, oh man, it's fucked up, like, these bands are so lucky. I, and I understand that, but like, spending time with bands, you know, bands at a certain uh, size with a certain expectation, um, that can bring a lot of stress and tension into the, into the formula. You know what I mean? Um, and, uh, it can make it really scary, you know, to the expectation and people have all kinds of ways of dealing with that. Right. It's like some people are just, it's their thing and they, they handle it. They do well. And other people, they go off the deep end and you gotta, you know, you and your the sport has to reel it in. And some of those make great records, by the way, you just never know, but that's what happens. But listen, I don't always do huge bands. You know, I want you, I want you guys to know that I do all sorts of projects from, you know, whatever I think is awesome from small, to large. And, um, sometimes those smaller budgets, they're, they are less stressful and they're more fun. And they, you know, um, because they're, it's just all up from there. Um, some, when I look back at also some of the bands of the multiple, multiple records I've done with bands, some of those first records where the world wasn't expecting anything, those were the most inspirational ones. We just, you know, sky was the limit and, and we would just the air impressing ourselves, kicking ass, you know, I love that shit. Has there been, um, has there been like an easiest, an easy, what was the easiest record you've done to record and produce? I guess it's the easiest band to work with then, I suppose. Prestamico are who I just worked with. They're one of the real easy ones. I'm just trying to think. Um, oh, around that time that you were mentioning Every Time I Die, there's a band called Boys Night Out. I don't even know if you remember them. Yeah, They're from Canada. Boys Night Out, yeah. Um, that was like a surprise for me. I didn't even... Carl at the time, who was telling me... Who was, trying to get me to work with every time I die he also had Boys Night Out he was like hey I need you to do both of these records machines so you can do every time I die <laughs> then you're gonna write to Boys Night and I was like did not expect that to be such an easy and inspirational amazing record that we did um, what was super easy I mean I do have a lot I have a lot of easy records man you know they're not always that way is there, is there one that kind of caught you off guard in, in terms of just how much you loved working with, with an artist that you, you didn't necessarily think you would enjoy it as much? I would say Armor for Sleep. 
Armor for Sleep was a band that I wasn't even when I first went into it I wasn't sure but I was gonna enjoy it like it I didn't quite get it until we met and started working together and that turned out to be one of the most inspirational exciting records to make this is a band. do you remember that band yeah 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 the blackout um yeah I think we supported them once in London um, yeah 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 good band and very very they good are- band and and kids just really connect with them you know there's something really special and we shared our love for pink floyd and and that was one of those i just never saw that coming you know and i just got so connected to the guys in the band and the experience we had and that record that record to this day comes back to me all the time where people are as it is you mentioned you know yeah. working with those guys lately that was their that was their reason for coming to me they remembered that and it was a very special record for them in their youth um, that just comes back to me all the time it's such a surprise that how much that connected with so many people uh, those records the, the record was called what to do when you're dead um, and then there was a second one I did after that called smile for them but both of those were just amazing, inspirational records to make that I just never saw coming. Yeah. Oh, incredible. But um, one thing I wanted to mention as well, and I know we've, we've kind of talked about it, but when you look at your back catalog, your discography, you've worked with so many different sounding bands. Like, you know, we've said like from Lamb of God to Clutch to Fall Out Boy and as it is. I mean, you don't Cobra really... Cobra Starship. Yeah, you yeah, don't, don't put... <laughs> <laughs> don't, yeah, don't forget Starship. Don't I forget, mean, oh, I love my Starship. <laughs> like, you wouldn't, you wouldn't put all of them in, into one category, and I, I think it's it's quite nice to see that you you've been able to work with all these different acts and kind of get the best out of them as well. But it, does it just bring different experiences? I mean, do do you take a different mindset into working with a certain yes. act than others? I do, because here's the deal, guys. In truth, I'm just a wannabe Rick Rubin. <laughs> <laughs> If you really know me, if you really know me, it's like, Rick is like, I've never met Rick Rubin. I'm a big fan. Um, I really do very much admire his, his, his talent. And this is what's so unique about Rick is like, Rick is really the world's best A&R guy. Like Rick, Rick, I, Rick is not an, hardly an engineer much at all. He always hires great engineers. Um, I'm also fans of many of the engineers that he's hired that have become great producers. But, um, you know, Rick is like the ultimate sociologist of music. Why can he go to so many different types of bands and make such amazing records from all kinds of genres, from hip hop to rock? Um, because really, he is—he's really the ultimate sociologist of music, as music relates to gr- so different groups of people. I like that philosophy, and I've adopted that philosophy. And that answers your question, Morgan. It's like. Mm. I think that um, recording is recording, right? It's like, it's a technical thing, and I'm good at that too, and I can figure that out. But it's like, I love getting into genres. And and we all like different genres of music, right? But um, what happens, you know, I push very hard. I think think if uh, I just stuck in one lane, I'd probably be richer at this point. And, and potentially much more successful but I will I'll get very excited to jump to a different genre one that I like and I like a lot of different music I produced an Americana record for Blue Water Highway or Kerry Watt 
Um, I've done just pure like breakbeat ambient records in the past. Um, I just sort of like uh, I can I love doing the research and getting into a genre and seeing what's connecting, what's connecting the dots. I always say cracking the code. What what people are connecting to what and. It thrills me the idea that I can do that to more than one genre of music. It's not easy to do, and I can't say that I'm massively successful in all these genres like Rick Rubin, but um, it is a thrill for me, and anyone that's willing to let me do that with them, I appreciate. You know, it starts with uh, being a dude, being a bro, being real, and having a conversation. I, I produced, you know, I produced a King Crimson record. This is like <laughs> the Godfathers of prog rock, and it was simply because I asked. It was simply because I approached them. I was a fan. I used to play them in my college uh, radio station. Um, they heard some things that I did that they thought could be really interesting mix. We had some great conversations, and I wound up producing a King Crimson record. How crazy is that? Um, and we made a, an incredible record, incredible, like a record for the time. So it thrills me to do that. Uh, it really gets me going every day, the idea of doing that. And it keeps me, you know, out of my comfort zone, and that can be a good thing as yeah. well. Oh, definitely. Oh, but, yeah. but with all that as well, like, you know, you've said now that you, you like exploring different bands and stuff. Is there anyone you've seen as of late that you think kind of, or you'd really like to work with? Is, is there anyone kind of like on the, on the bucket list or on the wish list for you? Oh, God. Yeah. I'd love to work with Fever 333. That's like what they do is sort of every the epitome of every, the most inspired things i am like the the beats and and the funky guitar and jason's voice that's like really the, the rage against the machine influence and that's that's like the ultimate modern band of my of my brain love yeah. <laughs> my musical brain love yeah i think that would be incredible it's either them um, or actually rage against machine either one i'd be happy with yeah that'd be all right yeah that wouldn't be too bad either would it yeah yeah. But i wouldn't yeah. mind producing rage against the machine yeah 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 now there's a band that now there's a band that just needs an engineer right like rage against the machine is such a thing they know what they are so much like you could throw an engineer at them and they're going to be just fine you yeah. know um yeah, how do we? How can we make that happen? How can we make the Fever three 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 and Machine record happen? Or shall I you just know, be all, dude, Jason? Yeah, you might as well. Well, Jason likes me, but I don't. There's so much, dude. There's so much intense industry drama around that poor guy. Poor Jason. He's so awesome. That there's always been this. We you know that our conversation earlier about the hype, right? The yeah. tension, the hype. It's like I wish I could take that away for Jason because there's that's always surrounding him, you know. And he has to deal with that. It's like um, so many industry eyes on him and stuff like that. And things are things are going great now for him, and that's and well deserved, you know. But I like I'd love to do that record, and I'd hate everything else that had to do with all the industry drama that I sure would inevitably revolve around a record like that yeah. for sure, right? It'd be so intense. Fuck that shit. Just put us in a room and let us fucking while out here's <laughs> uh, a, a, a strange one I think uh, a machine and young blood record would be insane oh word that'd be good yeah that would be awesome I I would love to do it with and you know I'd love to do it with my boy Zach Cervini so Zach, Zach Cervini who does young blood is a machine one of the machine um, 
you know I- original interns there's so many there's Will Putney yeah. there's That's Zach Servini yeah. the, these kids that are just they grew up through me and, and are crushing Zach is crushing out in California and he's like uh, I would love to do it with Zach as well because he's doing all that stuff now and it's amazing I love Youngblood as well they're like a big uh I actually just, you know, nerdishly listen to that stuff all the time. <laughs> I love it. You know who also I, you know, also I'm feeling that would be great too? And to Shikari, which of course, Ooh, sure, you yes. guys know. Have you heard the new record? Yes. Yes, fucking yes, love yes, it. yes, yes, yes. Very good. That would be, and I know they're pitch, I know they're pitch shifter fans because the one time I met them like ages ago, like early in their career in New York, uh, that was the one little dialogue we had that, you know, our, our common like for pitch shifter yeah i'd imagine yeah i'd imagine our record would be insane with you two uh with you guys like Mm. you and them that would be the oof Uh, yeah machine bring me the rising record would be good what sure i'm on it bring (laughs) me the (laughs) bring me the horizon (laughs) motherfuckers what's up with that (laughs) (laughs) um but (laughs) But, but but with everything as well, I mean, is there any way people can contact you if they if they want to work yeah. with you? I guess I, the I, question, yeah, I guess the question is, how do people submit to work with you then? Yeah, because I know you do a lot of mixing and, and mastering for people. As yes, well. yeah, that's kind of like a new COVID side hustle thing I'm doing. I'm like, you know, I've always been ma- when you talk about mastering, I've mm. always, as of so many years now often asked to master as well as mixing it's just a more and more common thing um good at that so it's like as like a covid side hustle i've been kind of putting myself out there uh, as a way to just um connect with more young engineer producers and get relationships so that's been really cool but you can and i love doing it so you can always reach out for me and I do it in a really cool way where it's, it's very affordable and also I do like um, either mastering or like a mix finisher, sort of like a, you know, mix, mix critique, mix, um, mix consulting slash mastering, which is, you know, you don't get it's like uh, normally I, when I was. I would send my stuff out to mastering guys. I always appreciated when uh, I had a mastering guy that had really good ears and I trusted. And, you know, sometimes they would hear stuff that would be make it difficult for them to master and they would just master what they had. They never said, came back to me and said, hey, you know, if you did this or that with your mix, I could make this or that this better with the mastering. I thought, what a really cool thing. What a really cool relationship. So I offer that kind of thing with my mastering and get to connect to a lot of younger guys. Um, you're saying... As far as connecting with me, uh, you can, if you want to connect with me for whatever it is, producing, mixing, mastering, I have a website. It's www.machineshopprod.com, which is really cool. And dudes, do you know about Machine Shop Live, this new thing I'm doing? No. I need to tell you about this. (laughs) Dude, what is up? I can't believe this hasn't come up yet in this this chat. Machine Shop Live is, I have a YouTube channel. It's called Machine Shop. You can check it out. YouTube slash Machine Shop Live. So basically, I started this thing as a big plan. And I just started this thing literally like the week before COVID hit. So I invite bands into, I sort of... At my bar, beautiful barn studio, I've kind of turned it into a modern multimedia studio, right? Like a, I've had 
so many good experiences with bands coming into the studio, bringing videographers and uh, getting great content that I really started thinking, wow, how could I offer more of this kind of thing? Um, so this, the machine shop now is, is completely set up and video ready. There's like full on video lighting. We have uh, multi switchers we do. So what we do is we invite, it's called machine shop live. We invite bands and normally you're supposed to be coming off tour we do some live live streaming some interviewing hanging out they perform and then i give these bands and it's free for bands i give these bands two two tracks that go initially go up on my youtube channel full edited mixed produced tracks that just incredible live 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 performances we started um we started we started this thing off it was incredible. It was like the first week, the first two weeks I had all this stuff lined up and this is when COVID hit, right? So I had the contortionist in, they were first and we did them. That was incredible. You can check that out. Next up was four years strong. That was supposed to come in. Um, Val Amaya was supposed to come in and then literally like COVID hit and then all these bands that were coming from tour literally just had to go home. Oh, so, um, I've been maintaining it pretty good. I'm supposed to put out a video a week. That's like my goal, you know? Um, and this is something I've been thinking of for years doing. Uh, it's just a way to sort of, you know, just a way to kind of, it's like my version of social media. I don't have to say I'm like, okay. I, I'm like yeah. kind of hung up with doing regular social media. Like, look at me, look at me on Twitter, <laughs> look at me on Instagram. It's like, I feel like if I um, invite bands in and help bands, I could do social media. It kind of kind of like solves two things at once. It's yeah, like yeah. I'm comfortable doing social media if I if it's if it's me helping other people and oh yeah, I'm in it too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then I'm cool with social media, but I'm like super super insecure and imposter syndrome about social media with like look at me mix this look at me do this look how dope i am here i just can't do it i'm like it cheeses me out too much so it, it was kind of birthed off that fear and insecurity but it's this amazing thing please check it out it's called machine shop live it's there's i think by the time this airs uh it will be putting out fire from the gods uh which i'm mixing right now one of the things i'm mixing right now and it's dope it's like bands can it's also by the way it's just started funded by a patreon which you guys all know all too well nice. <laughs> yes. Um, yes. and this is the idea it's like uh you know i want it i, I kind of like what you guys are doing i want to grow and create a community where people that love these kinds of bands can come talk and in a way kind of dictate the show run the show it, it, offer bands offer what other additional content to do if you're a member you get all these great perks and 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 we do live stuff where it's very intimate with the bands and then once a week there's a d produced directed live video that comes out that they look shit hot they look and sound shit hot and of course my studio and my mixing work is on every one which is a nice little bo bonus for what i do you know so so far so great it's a new thing and it's going to be a thing it's like it's my version of a podcast it's my version of you know whatever and it's going to no, be it's, yeah it's a check great it idea. out yeah. it's a real great That's idea please phenomenal. please check it out yeah. it's dope 
Oh, and yeah, speaking of Patreon, I wanted to thank you. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah, we should. We, we should, we should yeah. have done it at the top. <laughs> at the top of the show, really. But we didn't. We completely forgot. Yeah, thank you so much yeah. for being a Patreon. Yeah. That was insane. Well, I remember yeah. seeing it. I, I saw it and I messaged Marcy and I was like, what the Marcy fuck's going on? <laughs> well, Marcy Jacobson, my girl. Yes. Shout out to Marcy. Yes. Shout out to Marcy, Marcy, dude. Very, uh, she, you know, she... Back, we're talking about the rap rock days. Back in the day, she was A and R. She gave me a big opportunity early on. I really appreciate that. But Marcy was like, "Oh, you'll love this. You've got some of your bands on it. Checked it out. I was like, "Oh, this is an awesome podcast. I love. Oh, by the way, you. guys, I love that you're doing this. Oh, I, thanks. I, I absolutely. Podcasts have become such a big part of my life. Uh, you know, every day running with you, running with you guys, or a couple, <laughs> a couple podcasts that I really like. It's just a great, great thing. It's such a wonderful thing to do, and, and also thanks, of course, for having me on. Oh no, really, oh, really, thank you, thank you, thank you for, thank you for all of it. Thank yeah. you for the music. Thank you for uh, being a Patreon. Thank you for being absolutely yes, lovely. <laughs> thank you for being fun. Yeah. We did have. Um, we did have one guest on once who was super miserable that we didn't even put out then. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah. That, that was fun. But, yeah, you have been an absolute delight. Yeah, and I've, yeah, I've loved that. some of the stories you've told us being an absolute yeah. great Sweet, insight dude. into the whole world of everything. So thank you so much, man. For sure. Yeah, let's um, yeah, let's try and do one in the flesh somehow. Well, sometime. I mean, if if you want to invite us to come out to Texas and when all this well, is over and hang out know. in the studio with a band, I mean, I wouldn't Dude. say I wouldn't say no. So let's do it. Let's come out. Let's blow <laughs> some shit up. Let's shoot some fucking guns. Let's cook some barbecue. Yeah. Let's throw we'll awesome. throw throw some axes. <laughs> do some man stuff in Texas. <laughs> Drive a pickup truck? Y'all ever driving a pickup truck? <laughs> oh, God, imagine me uh, yeah, trying to do all that. No, that's that. Oh, no, yeah. you'd be dreadful, Mark. You'd be dreadful with a gun. It'd be awful. Um, but yeah, cheers. Thanks yeah, again thanks so, much. so much for doing this. And um, nice. yeah, good luck with everything. And hopefully, we get to speak soon. All right, fellas. All right, you, you too. Cheers. Stop! That was too much. That was too much. Yes, yes, yes. Thank you very much to Machine. Um, what an absolutely lovely chat, inspiring chat as well. Um, it's got me excited for music. What a great, great story. Unbelievable. The amount of people he's worked with, who we love and appreciate. Yeah, it's absolutely insane insane in the membrane but um it's so good to hear some of those stories just like you know making randy from lamb of god run around creating a whole bloody chamber for metro suicide silence i mean these are things you'd never expect when you head into a studio with a band i mean like as a fan you never imagine these things are going on behind the scenes but it was great to find out some of these stories as i said earlier he's produced so many of our favorite albums and i was glad he got to explain a little bit more why so much a different aspects come in with mixing and mastering and just just nerdy things really yeah well that's the thing see like when when we talked about having him on like we've had jason perry on before who's a producer but he's also a front man so we had you know a stuff to talk about as well and we've had matt good on from from first to last and people like that so true but yeah the, but this one i wanted somebody who was a producer outright pretty much um who had worked with some amazing bands and Machine ticked all the boxes. I think he was very helpful. He was very sincere. And um, 
yeah, for a lot of people who don't know what a producer does, um, he explains what his his version of producing is. And um, yeah, it was just super interesting to hear all the mm. stories and working with Jared Way and my favourite Dal Palumbo. <laughs> like it's just it's just all bonkers. So thanks thanks again to Machine. Thanks to Marcy Jacobson for hooking it up. Hopefully we get to see um, Machine in the flesh at some point to do one of these with. Um, maybe he'll come back over again with Preston Miko because he's been over here lately with them. Yeah, so that would be good. it would be nice to see him and them. It so, would. Yes, thanks again, Machine. We love you. You're a top fucking chap. Top, top, top chap. Anybody who's thinking about recording and wants the fuck, one of the world's most badass producers, get in touch with Machine. For I God's think sake. we should take up his offer of coming to see him in Texas and just take Raiders and just make a make a record. You, I'd, I'll just do social media for you and um, you can just have a... Well, why don't we just do a sapping record where me and you just sing <sighs> different hits? What, is it, can I finally get Mo Dick, the Mo Dick album out? Can I, can I <laughs> do my... <laughs> Well, yeah, because, yeah, m- like Machine mentioned, he got into, like, hip-hop and stuff first. Surely Machine produces the Mo Dick records. And you got to think, right, my voice singing is absolutely awful anyway, but he's so good as a producer. He could turn that into something that sounds pretty decent, I can imagine. So we could, I mean, this could be biggest thing. This could be money right at our fingertips, yeah? Uh, yeah, Morgie's a producer, he is, but not a fucking magician. He's never going to make that voice sound any good. <laughs> but anyway, don't forget to go and check out Machine Shop Live, as he mentioned in the episode uh, with everything else he's doing. Head over to his website to see a full list of his discography and how you can get involved with him. You can mix your stuff, master it, everything. Perfect person to get involved if you're making music. And why not come and join us, Machine, and the rest of our wonderful Sapning Patreon community at patreon.com forward slash Sapning to be a family member and get even more bonus crazy content. Yes, if you've enjoyed any of the 96 episodes, 97 technically with the bonus episode we did as well. Yeah, if you've enjoyed any of those mad episodes please, please think about supporting us. If you can't support us right now, that's absolutely fine. And we understand. Um, but you must stop listening immediately because that's just cheeky, isn't it? It's just <laughs> cheeky. I don't come around to your house and just fucking take whatever you were doing, do I? Anyway, only joking, only joking. If you can support us, please think about it. If you can't, that's absolutely fine. Um, yeah, patreon.com forward slash sapnin. And don't forget to go and follow us on our social media pages at Pod on the Twitter and Instagram. At S-A-P-P-E-N-I-N-P-O-D. That's at the S, which looks like a snake. A for apple, P for Peter, P for pan, (laughs) E for elephant, N for Nigel, I for indigo. Oh, that's an actual police one. N for Nigel again, P for penis, O for octopus, and D for delicious. That's at Sapping Pod. Yeah, don't remember it like that. If you listen to this and you remember it, off the way I just spelt that, you're some sort of rain man and fair play to you good on you yeah and make sure you are subscribing wherever you listen to the to podcast as well go back listen to some of your other favorite artists if you enjoy machines work we've 
chatted to a loads of bands he's had in the studio before and there's definitely someone that you will enjoy um quickly Promise. as well i wanted to say we we said about 2000 trees festival raiders is announced yes um yes. another band announced is our favorite to no devotion so my message to everyone yes. is um please wear a mask and don't be a dick and social distance and look after each other because i really want to go and see them play that field next summer so if i don't get to i'm going to be very sad i'm going to take it out on every one of you so do your part so mo dick can watch no devotion in 2021 thank you very much Fucking hell, you won't like him when he's angry. <laughs> oh, you won't like him, Morgan, when he's angry. If that comes about and doesn't happen, Morgan is going to lose his shit. And I don't think anybody's ready for that, right? So do us all a favour. It doesn't hurt. There's no... The government's not controlling us by, by wearing them, right? You don't walk around with your cock out, right? You you wear trousers like an human. So do the decent thing and cover your ugly nose and mouth with a mask, for God's sake. <laughs> I hope somebody takes that on. I was like, you know what? I, want, I didn't used to wear a mask, but he is right. Mind, I don't want to blow my cock out. <laughs> oh, tidy. Uh, and as well, our friends and last week's guests and yours truly have uh, just announced a special live stream that they are doing on October 3rd as well. So go back and listen to last week's episode. Go and check that out. And the album is called Self Care because um, we messed up in the beginning and said self-love. So I just want to say uh, that because uh, Mickey from Stand Atlantic uh, gave Sean a lot of beef online for that to add to the fuel to the fire that Sean is going to punch him when he next sees him. That's not a threat. It's a statement. Oh, he's going to be known as Lie Down Atlantic when I see him. <laughs> That's all I can say about that. He's fucking having it. He won't even hear this because it's not one of his friends listening. Uh, one of his friends on it. But he's fucking having it. Nobody tell him about this either because he will listen and then we'll get a, uh, we'll have more online beef. But oh oh, no, we let's stop talking about online beef. Let's talk about online love. Okay. Let's talk about some of the most important people in our lives to this day, Morgan. Mm-hmm. And that is our Patreon. Check out patreon.com for us happening. But we have the elite members of our Patreon to thank, which are as follows. I've done all of you a bit, but they're <laughs> that you normally do. Wow. I can nice. see that you, I can see that you were like, oh, uh, but I've done it. So here cool. we go. Thank you very much to... Shut up, Ben. I'm still going. <laughs> Thank you very much to Kylie Wheeler. Happy birthday uh, for three days ago to Mayumi Liwaway, Mitch Perry, Emma Barber, Janelle Caston, Amadou Barna, Sarah James, Nathan Croshaw, Kelly Young, Dilly The Truth Is Out There But I'm Not Going To Show You Where, Grimwood, Ohio Is For Emo Chester, Michael Engler, Liam Connolly, Drew Styles, Tim Foyle-Elmat, <laughs> Tim foyle Kelly Owen, Dana Lasnava, Tom Owen, It's My Birthday Tomorrow. Well, that haven't helped a bit. <laughs> Who's that? Oh, um, what do you mean tomorrow? What, like Saturday? Or have I now... Because think it, right? If you're one of the patrons and you're changing your name in this group, right? Have a think of when this podcast might come out, right? This one's going to come out Friday now. So whenever you change your name, it's my birthday tomorrow. I don't know when that is. Tomorrow never comes. Happy birthday, anyway. Kate Gentleman prefers Ginger's Patak. Johnny Phillips. Scott, I love I love the do-your-own-research reply, Jones. Simon Amos. Ollie, don't be a dick. Wear your bloody mask, Amesbury. Right on, Ollie. Kate Stevenson. Sam O'Griffiths. Jenny Munster. Emily Senegals. Lucy Deards. Martina McManus. John and Emma. Kelly, where's the link, Mallory? Becky Andy. Erin Howard. Louis Cook. Marcy Jigsman. Jason, I have all the facts, but I'm not going to prove it. <laughs> Red, yeah. 
Sandra Kuwachik, Mike Cunningham, Charles, Livy Crop, and James McNaught, Tallulah Grant, Stuart McNaught, Kelly Cannon, Lydia Henderson, Tony Michael, Jenny Robinson, Sharif Awadali, Nula Clark, Craig Harris, everything is turned to shit, fuck yeah, Jody Shannon, and last by no means least, Keris Andrews. Thank you so much to all those people. Some of those names are referring to an argument I had with an anti-masker on my Facebook yeah. where the guy spent seven hours telling me to do the research and I just kept replying, where's the link, Julian? Where's the link? Because <laughs> he had absolutely no proof for anything he said. And it turned out it turned out his information, which he hadn't read online, apparently, but he wanted me to do my research. So how could I research it if it's not online? That's weird, Julian, isn't it? Um, and, uh, yeah, oh, in the end, it was two nurses and a doctor, apparently, that told him. But I don't believe that. And also, Julian's wife um, was so bored of him being spanked online by me and um, serious, critical th- people who can think with minds. Um, that she DM'd me and asked me to block Julian because he was embarrassing himself so much. So thank you very much to all those people who saw that argument um, and uh, saw how silly that fellow was. I hope you're all well and you're all wearing masks. Yeah, I was going to say, I saw that and it got a lot of attention. Like it, that, that got a lot of uh, interaction, Sean. Um... Yeah, it did. And then the thing is, when the plonker realised he had no comeback, he deleted his first <laughs> post, which literally deleted a thread of like 190 <laughs> comments. <laughs> Someone was good because he was saying, the "Thing is, see, more people are with more people are having it because we're testing for it." So it's like, all right, so you wouldn't. My main point was, so if you thought you you found a lump and you thought you might have cancer, you wouldn't go and get tested for it, would you? And he was like. Oh, I won't. I won't even go into it. I can't. We haven't got but time. Anyway, we haven't got but time. Anyway, thank you very yeah. much to everyone involved in our wonderful Patreon community. You mean the world to us. We love you very, very much, and you're all bloody superstars. So thank you. Thank you to Machine for having a chat with us. Thank you to Marcy Jacobson for pushing and making this happening. She is super bloody awesome as well. Uh, thank you to Sean. He's currently wearing a spaceman jacket that you can't see, but it's there. In my house as well, mind. I'm wearing it in my yeah, house. Yeah, you're not in space. Yeah, I saw it the other day and it was so cheap. I was like, I must have it because it's shiny. I'm like a magpie. I'm like a magpie when it comes to clothes. If it's not black, if it's shiny or glows in the dark, I'm interested. So black, shiny, glow in the dark, Sean's interested. Nice. Anything else? Yeah, tidy. Anyway, nah, that's the end of the podcast. Oh, check check out Raiders, at Raiders Band UK on stuff. Oh, don't, whatever. You don't care anyway. Nobody gives a shit. Destructive World's out now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, a cover we did of a uh, thrice song, The Earth Will Shake, apparently is out now as well. I'm um, I'm online as well, I think, when cares. You probably don't. But. Yeah, at MH Richards underscore uh, that. Yeah. So, yeah, check him out. Um, yeah, love Machine, love Marcy, love you, Morg. Oh, love you oh, too. Love the, three, love the three M's. Let's get out of here. <laughs> Sapping! Mmm. Mmm. You're listening to Sapnin Podcast with Sean Smith and Morgan Richards. Thank you very much for downloading this podcast or streaming it or I don't I don't know what else you do with podcasts. Um, thank you very much. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.